Yes. Yes, TJ, we have found a moan sighting in the wild, in the in the wilderness of Hendersonville, Tennessee. He's back from the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. What's going on, Moan? Not well, a lot, but not much. DK. <laughs> a lot, but not much, man. Goodness, I had you saying. Mo, you sound good today. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I'm, I'm back home, DK. It took you about 30 more seconds I to realize. thought he was in a hotel. I was <laughs> back at home, DK. Oh, my, man. How's it going, though? Well, in the land of Punxsutawney Phil, that, of course, being a Pennsylvania creation, we found that uh, that spring is actually going to come soon. We've, it's been forever since they've had one of those. Yeah. And, and that actually kind of makes sense because – it doesn't snow here anymore or anything. We had one brief snowfall, but that hit you guys worse than us. That's what I was going to say. Heck, we had big snow, and apparently if you look at the almanac and the predictors, we're actually supposed to get another big snow, DK, like yeah. a big one. Yeah, you can have it. It's just moving its way to the south. You know, I, that's the I way like this weather's it. going. I'm going to be real. I like it just a little bit. I'm well, DeMond is kind of into this concept where we would actually get this show started, right? That, yeah. I see, when, he said, when DeMond says what's happening, everyone, what he's really saying is ding the bell. Yeah. Ding, ding, I see right bell. through him. Yeah, it's the usual suspects, DK. Here we go. Mm hmm. DeMond did not mind being called out there, by the way. <laughs> I got to give you props real quick, man, because Mel comes in and says, hey, Mon, DK held it down when you were gone, but you complete him. Oh, okay. <laughs> we had fun. Uh, we had fun both days. It was it was uh, I mean, with Arthur Smith coming in. Oh, yeah. uh, there was just so much to talk about because he, everything that he does affects only everything including even the defense doesn't yeah, it yeah he does man because the conversations i've had around the hire man is you get an opportunity to give the defense time to breathe you you have a guy that's competent that's been proven that he can call plays and i know a lot of people want to bash arthur smith for what happened in atlanta then you got to look at atlanta's roster and say is atlanta roster better than pittsburgh roster and there you go, right there's your answer, DK. My face. What, people, what, what are the people? Tell the people what your face looked like, DK, when you said, "Uh, uh, uh." Absolutely. Like, not. like I just bit into a, a year old prune. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we said the same thing. It was funny when we went yeah. down to Atlanta for the uh, preseason game. Looking, looking at those Falcons, I knew it was just preseason, but like, man, there was just like nothing there. Yeah, and and that's what you got to live with too. If, if you yourself think this roster is a good roster, just give us a hey moan or DK emoji of the shoes, something in the comments, because that's where we got to start at. Looking at where Arthur Smith was as a head coach, I think it's two different situations right there. It's more or less about what his specialty is. And he, just like Bobby Slowick, Ben Johnson, Brian Callahan, uh, Thomas Brown, all these young uh, 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 coordinators coming out, Arthur Smith was in that conversation. Arthur Smith ended up getting a head coaching job. And because of that, I mean, he did not, he could not specialize in what he was good at. And that's calling plays. Uh, I've had people, of course, uh, because I work close to this organization, has been around Arthur Smith and have said this about him. 
the dude know how to call it. The dude knows how to game plan. The dude know what the heck he is doing. Pittsburgh is in good hands. That's wow. what I've been told about him. And not people just trying to say, oh, you guys got our throwaway. He wasn't a throwaway here in Nashville. He left Tennessee for he had a coaching job. And it's just like you've been asked to go be CEO of a company after you've been the manager for a while. You know what I'm saying, DK? It's like manager, then regional manager. Like you've just been asked to go be the regional manager, and that's what he chose to do by going to Atlanta. And, and it is a different skill set, isn't it, Moan? I mean, you, you've yeah. seen different personalities over the years between any of the coordinators that you played under. And by that, I'm even including the defensive guys. I'm including Coach LeBeau, who might be Exhibit yeah. A in NFL history. Brilliant, beyond brilliant, innovative mind as a defensive coordinator. As soon as he was put into a head coaching position, it just didn't work. It just doesn't work. If y'all carefully look at the new hires around the league, too, or here's another thing, too, that I think some new um, some some new head coaches, specifically offensive ones, that will call plays are doing. And even the ones that we're looking at in the league right now, Kyle Shanahan and, uh, and and Coach Reed, Andy Reed, right? They are the two guys, right, yeah, DK? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at their team and the structure. They still have offensive coordinators, meaning their specialty is calling games and setting up the team on game day. Andy Reed's uh, uh, offensive coordinator is the guy from Chicago. God, give me one second real quick, DK. I'll find it for you. His, his uh, offensive coordinator is Matt Nagy, okay? If you look at Kyle Shanahan, he has an offensive coordinator on his staff that helps sets up the structure during the week, allows himself to be a head coach by managing the defense, the offense, and the special teams, and all his coaches. And then on game day, he facilitates the actual game plan and calls it with, of course, conversation with everybody else. That's what I've actually seen being done here in Nashville, too. Brian Callahan is the head coach, the play caller on game day, but he just hired a guy as his offensive coordinator to break down the tape for him, set the game plan for him, and uh, pretty much set the week out, and he calls the plays. That's what Arthur Smith, I think, was lacking in Atlanta. I think first-time guy in that position, not much guidance with a young team also, which is why I think a lot of people will knock him. Is he for everybody? Probably not. Does he have to prove it in a city like Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Western PA, DK? That has been longing, longing since Randy Finkner in like 2018 and 19, right? That's how far we got to go back to where you start saying to yourself, we need an offense to support a well-oiled defense, and that needs some help. So if you can get somebody to help you on the other side of the ball to keep you off the floor, Cam them are playing unsurmountable reps throughout the course of the year. I don't think you realize the amount of snap that Cam, TJ, Minka, those guys play. And when you play that much as a defense, you overexpose yourself, too, to injuries, to bad play, and the way teams can break you down. You're just not fresh. So this, to me, I think, with the hiring of Arthur Smith, is a bigger deal than I think you guys are going to want to make it. Yeah, I have a feeling, Moan, that this this audience in general, and by that I mean the entire fan base, not yeah. that the entire fan base is watching this show, because the entire fan base is definitely bigger than 619 people that we have in here yeah. live. Oh, 100%. But everyone loves off-season splash, okay? They love the, whoa, this is, this is so exciting, this is so whatever, because it's it has the rush of a football game, and it has, you know, other... Mm-hmm 
short-term thrill moments to it. Yeah, okay, it does it does? But that makes you Cleveland. <laughs> okay, let me be mean about this. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. If all you're looking for is to ha- is to win it all in March, then you are Cleveland. Okay, right. if you're looking for here, I go with that word again, and I shared this with you the other day, Bone, on this show, foundational. What you're looking for is somebody who put, who can put in an offense that's foundational, that's u- not unique, that's rooted to your franchise. The Steelers are running offense. Even when the Steelers had a Hall of Fame quarterback, actually, either one of them. Yeah. If you want to go all the way back to the 70s, as everybody always seems to want to do, <laughs> Terry Bradshaw ran a running offense. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger ran an offense that, yeah, whenever A.B. was there, there were all kinds of yards getting run up. But, Moan, how did you guys see yourselves? You were on that line. We're going to run you that were ball. Running. You got to run the ball. We're going to run that ball. <laughs> even when Ben's throwing for 500 yards, you're thinking you're, – I heard you guys for years. It was all about running. You know why we were able to do those types of things? Two things, and got to acknowledge one without saying with, with saying the other. The reason we were able to do that one seven, Ben Ben was a huge part of that. Say what you want to, the respect that you get from an established franchise got played somewhat of a part in. You give that credit to right, DK? Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. Hey, blessing you for your sneeze. I got all these blessings here. I'm feeling very blessed. What is all this <laughs> from the sneeze earlier? Is this- <laughs> oh, from the sneeze. sneeze. I thought it was because I insulted Cleveland. No, we don't oh. care about them. What are you talking about, DK? <laughs> oh, Cleveland in the offseason? No, we okay. talk major now crap this, about them. This one was about Cleveland. Okay. Yeah, it was cool. If man, not the city, the team. Okay. Not the city, the team. Uh, but let me finish the, the statement real quick. The reason you're capable of throwing for that many yards, the quarterback, and also being able to establish the run when you need to. You know, like that's how those types of things happen. Rich says that Josh Allen is is baby Ben. No, he isn't. Ben won. Ooh. Well, no, I mean, I don't want to, you know, is that really a shot? That ain't a shot. <laughs> a shot DK. I mean, Ben not that's only won right away, he didn't mm-hmm. have a he didn't have a uh, his best performance in his first Super Bowl. He yeah. sure did in his second. How about so, having all those highlights floating around yesterday on the 15th anniversary? Man. It's so much more than James Harrison's interception and San, San Antonio Holmes's catch at the end. There's uh, so much more to that game. I mean, you look at the back and flo- back and forth of the of the O-line played the sacks and the, the spin around throws and, and extending plays and stuff. DK, you're 100% correct, my brother. Goodness. All right, guys, we have a rapid fire Friday to deal with here. And I have been, as Moan's been talking, I've been taking your questions about the senior bowl and mobile, and you've got a bunch of them. And we're going to fire those at the man right after we come back with the only segment that matters. And that's, hey, Moan, good people, let's do it. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. We have an audience full of program directors here. Hodge says, hey, Moan, is is Seven joining the show next week while DK's on vacation in Winnipeg? 
Uh, I'll see if I can I can swing that. I still got to send seven this jersey that's in my truck that somebody asked me to have signed by. God, I'm the worst ever at accumulating autographs, DK. God. Mark Lancaster gets us started today. Mamone, have you had a chance to evaluate the off-ball backers in this year's draft? There's noise saying that Tommy Eichenberg could be a stealer with the 54th pick. Uh, what what did you think in general uh, um, of, of the linebackers that were there? I didn't see much of the inside linebackers. I'll be completely honest with you. Nobody, in my opinion, somewhat stood out because I'll be real to you, the senior bowl is such a big disadvantage for inside linebackers. Because they put them in situations that aren't real. They make them cover running backs coming out of the backfield, and there's a left hash, a right hash, and all this field behind them. So run, linebackers can get burned in those situations. Inside linebackers can get burned in those situations because there's no defensive help for them in those situations. So if I was to sit here and say, hey, yeah, the linebackers did this and that, it wasn't much to see as far as the inside linebackers come. <laughs> Brian, Brian says, uh, hey, Moan, how do you think the fan base would have reacted to hiring John Gruden instead of Arthur Smith? Gosh. How do I think? They'd probably loved it because it's a name everybody know. That's just, just what it is. I hate that that's the case, too. Uh, that's th- what I'm talking about, though. It, it, it is. Uh, oh, my gosh. It's such a name that everybody knowing you're familiar with. And, oh, it's John Gruden, and he's won a Super Bowl, and him and Coach Tomlin are good friends, and I that ain't the case. Uh, you're looking around this league and it's ever-changing. And I'm not here to preach to you guys. You've seen all this stuff. But there's a lot of young talent coming into the NFL. And those old names that you're used to are going to soon be replaced by this young crop of talent who have been in this league for 14, 20-plus years as a GA working their way up to a coordinator role um, that we're going to have to get used to. I'm, I'm not on the old retread guy every single coaching hire. That's just my opinion. Everybody wants a center. You want a center. Oh, DK. You see anything? Hey, my brethren. uh, Jackson Parker Johnson. Solid. Oh, we got a name. Jackson Parker Johnson is very solid. I have another one, man. I interviewed this guy, Charles Turner III out of LSU. Everybody know Jackson Parker Johnson. He's solid. I'm telling you, he is uh, about 6'4", 325, 330. And you think with that size and, you know, you say his weight, Like, he's not that fast. DK, every single drill, he is up and down the field. He's finishing every single block. He ended up having an injury at the Senior Bowl, but um, it's going to be fascinating. I don't think it's anything serious because he walked off and all that type of stuff. But Jackson Powers Johnson out of Oregon is a S-T-U-D. That was another guy, Tyler uh, Guyton, who I was high on to as a tackle. Um, but as far as the overall play, nastiness, fierceness, Jackson Powers Johnson, and right behind him was uh, Charles Turner. Charles Turner reminds me a lot of Marquise. He's probably about 290-ish, six foot four, 300 you mean, pounds. You mean frame-wise. And yeah. you know what? When I sat down with him, guess what he said? Who he looked up to? No Marquise. way. Without so you much, bringing him up. So, he didn't even know I played for the Steelers. Oh, Jesus. He didn't even know I played for the Steelers. And I, I ended up inboxing Marquise, man. And I sent him, I sent him this uh this kid's this athlete's picture. I said, Hey, I'm covering the senior ball. I interviewed this kid, man. Ask him who he modeled this game after. He said, You. I said, about the same size and build as you, man. I told him I'd let you know. And he said, That's fire. Let him know greatness is a choice. Either you pick it daily or you don't. 
That's really cool that he would actually think to do that, meaning yeah. to, to, to pass something along to the kid. Marquise has such an unusual build for a center that it's hard for me to even picture. I mean, when, when I, 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 when I look at Marquise, I always thought of the shoulders first and foremost. Um, they're very they're wide shoulders, but yeah. not at all one of those bigger offensive lineman frames. You yeah, know? I, and, and here's the thing. So Jackson Powell Johnson is a power rusher, I think. And before we go any further with him, I think as more and more we talk about him, Jackson, the center, his his stock is going to go up. He may be a late first, early second guy. I don't know if he's going to be there for us. DK, I'm going to do something that's a visual, and I'm not sure if it's going to show clearly. But I went to – his name is Chaz T3 on social media, and this looked like a Marquise rep. Oh, man. Okay. Does he not move I like can see that. I can see that. You see that? Mm-hmm. Does that uh, not look like a pounce rep right there? That's and interesting. Sport, ironically. Uh, the, but the, that, Go ahead. The part about this that I find most fascinating is, is that you will hear people say definitively that there are no first-round centers. But oh. yet, when they bring up this one young man, they glow about him. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Matt Williamson from, from, from our company loves Sweet Jackson Giant. Powers, Johnson, former NFL scout who's on our staff. And... He's not going to dismiss not only that he'd be a first round pick, but that he might not be there when the Steelers go. The the noise which is at is twenty too, if, if memory serves. Yeah, the noise is too loud. I'm gonna be honest around Jackson okay. Powers. If you are, if you believe that he can do that, and if he didn't have a major injury at the uh, Senior Bowl, which I don't think he did, like if it's an MCL, I'm taking him. Do you hear me? Uh, oh, he don't I, even I have see to do what you're saying. Yeah. MCL, some light like that, DK sprained ankle, screw working out at the combine because he made he made a hot tape at the uh, at the Senior Bowl, DK. Well, that's that's certainly interesting. I mean, the other thing I think might be a factor for a lot of teams was I, I'll bet there's a lot of people in a lot of draft departments around the NFL who are tired of being told that they missed on Creed Humphrey. Oh my! Because he's left-handed. <laughs> just in general, just yeah, like, I know. You know, it's like oh yeah, we were the team that missed on Humphrey, and you took fill in the blank. In the Steelers' <laughs> case, that was Pat Fryermuth, but you took so and so instead, and you're just a dummy. And and here's the thing too about getting your guy in this draft too, real quick. Mm -hmm. uh, if you listen to the talking heads, DK, and we don't here because we have formulate our own opinions, right? But the number one consistent from uh, Jim Nagy, who runs the Senior Bowl, talking to a bunch of NFL teams, has been this. Uh, because of NIL and college and stuff like that, kids can go back. They are, um, they, they are saying the back end of the draft, fifth, sixth, seventh round, may not be high quality. So if you have your guy, move you up. may be better off going to move up, packaging some, some picks, to try to move up as much as you possibly can because it's going to be filled with a bunch of guys that may have been six and seven round or undrafted guys because of the amount of kids going back to school. Yeah, so a lot of people assessing here a shallow class, so yeah. you're not going to see a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of late round types. Yeah, uh, that's not as much fun. It, it's not, and uh, there's two other centers that didn't show up. BB, I think, out of. Uh, or is he out of Oklahoma or or uh, uh, or Oregon State? And then Cedric Vran Pran out of Georgia, I think should have come to the Senior Bowl, and he didn't because all everybody want to talk about is Jackson's Jackson Powers Johnson after this week. Wow. Okay. 
Just look. See, I was missing DK, but I, I was working this. too. Okay, I had my scout I, eye on. No, I told everybody. Yeah. I said when he listen when he comes back, he's coming back with a vengeance because he's telling me that he's got stuff from down there. I do. Uh, Jackson Powers Johnson is definitely a name for everybody, even those of uh, even those of our audience who aren't necessarily like you know Uber draft nicks or whatever. You start planting some names in your head. You start having some fun poking around, looking at some videos and so forth. You know what I mean? I got, I got another one for you on the other side of the ball. Let's Two have of them it. for you, DK. Two of them. Three, actually. I have oh, to find boy, here the we third go. one. Uh, on the defense side, you know I've been saying for about a year or so. More than that, you got to get Cam some help. Have we not been on that train? Well, get- we were on the train, and then we let DeMarvin Leal on, and then we kicked him <laughs> off again. So, Yes. Yes, <laughs> we, we've been on that train, man. Uh, but there's a guy there, man. Let me find his name so I can be exact about him, DK, from uh, Western Michigan um, by the name of – one second, I'm going to find it, DK. Uh, but he's a DN, uh, probably five technique, that was wrecking shop down in mobile, man. I'm going to get his name in a little bit. I don't have my book in front of me, Okay, 3-4 or 4-3? I don't have he, to ask. He will Nobody be a 3-4. Three, three, he's going to be a 3-4 type, but when it comes down to how he was operating DK as a um, D lineman, I'll say this. He had one of the faster times as far as running on the field. Uh, he His hustle was insanely good. Um, and he looks like a, a Pittsburgh Steeler type of guy. But this one, two dudes in particular that I'm super high on, okay? Uh, Braden Fisk out of uh, Florida State. He's a Western Michigan transfer. Went there for one year and absolutely crushed it. DK, What's his position? Uh, three technique. Three technique that can be a headache interior, DK. I'm talking about an absolute menace. He probably had probably one of the best rushes out of almost anybody at the uh, at the Senior Bowl this year, really showed up. But the dude that makes me smile, DK, okay, is Tavondre Sweat out of Texas. I actually had a feeling you were going to mention him today. Go ahead. You want to know why? Big boy is a big dude. He plays big. He got a hustle about him, and he don't give a you-know-what about how you feel about him. When it came down for I anybody, hear Steph. I hear Steph when you say that. He's bigger than Steph, though. He, oh, he, get out of here. He, Nobody's no, bigger he, than – this show's over. Nobody's okay. bigger than Steph. DK, uh, hear me <laughs> out. He's so big, he didn't weigh in, okay? But it's a good – Was that just a line? <laughs> no, he didn't weigh in. Because there might be a little bit of a weight thing, but Tavondre Sweat, okay, probably oh. about six, six, five ish. Uh, he'll probably weigh in at the combine about three sixty ish. I think his optimal playing weight is gonna probably be like three forty. He looks good though, DK. You hear me? And every single time that this big boy went against somebody in one on ones, you know what it looked like? Look at my hands. I am. Whoop. Okay, <laughs> not just that though, DK, but his hustle to the ball was insanely good. Um, he was first up in the line every single time, and when he walked out there, DK, you know how big dudes, man, we slump over a little bit, try to hide bit, our bigness. A little bigness. bit of a hunch, yep. Big tall, ready to go, and I, I dapped him up, uh, trying to get to interview him, but he was he was pulled by everybody, right, DK? I was yeah. like, man, play for Pittsburgh, trying to familiarize myself with him. He was like, oh, really? He was like, man, Coach Tomlin, Coach Tomlin, Coach Tomlin. I was like, you fit in in Pittsburgh, okay? And he just – he lit up like a light bulb about that. But 
his stock, I think, went up despite him not weighing in or any of those things. Now, would he be a potential conflict with that type of build with Keanu Benton, or can you see Benton, based on what you've seen of Keanu, you know, be a guy that slides left or right? Here's the thing. He played a lot of reps at Texas. First, second, third down type of guy. So the size, of course, you can get that under control, okay, DK, as far as the weight goes. Um, I, he's a one through three type of guy. And when it comes down to stopping the run, you remember how we had a whole lot of hopes, and I love him, my vol, uh, Dan McCullers. This is, if Dan McCullers was a two, this is a five on what you need from him. Jeez. Just that drive and angry man syndrome. Tavondre plays with that out of Texas, man. Um, but those are the two deep tackles that I absolutely love when it came down to them dudes going to prove themselves this weekend. Big Dan. Big Dan. Love the guy. It just wasn't angry enough. One angry. You know? Tavondre, sweat out of Texas, he don't care about how you feel about him. <laughs> he's, he's there to wreck shop, and boy, it'll be good to see him. Wow. That's some interesting stuff here. Uh, we have uh, we have scouting reports coming from within our community here. Hodge <laughs> says he beats double teams consistently. Never mind beating double teams; just draw them. He and he will like uh, the split. Earn like them. when when they mm-hmm. did guard center combos against him, DK he he holding his own. That wasn't that wasn't a lot that you can do with him. But and like I said. He acted and played like he was a big boy, and that's what I appreciate about. If your kid is big, you hear me, six four and up, three hundred pounds, whatever you want to call him, don't ever minimize your kid. It ain't your fault that you had good genetics. And little Jimmy over here, okay, five foot ten, that want to play D line. No, you tell your kid, you put his your foot on his neck. Do you understand? Don't ever minimize a big kid. Let them flourish at all times. All right, I'm done. That was the dad and me coming out. Okay, DK? That's good stuff, Dad. Chris Dolnak says, <laughs> defensive line, corner, inside linebacker, and center, not necessarily in that order. Now, Chris isn't the only one to mention corner. I'm I'm respectfully not going to agree with that. I, I don't want to see another cornerback, certainly not in a prominent round, drafted. A couple reasons for that. One is that I look at... Joey Porter Jr. is having obviously cemented his status yeah. where he is, okay? Yeah. My preference for the other side, the other outside corner, I always feel like you can find that player in free agency. They aren't necessarily really? super expensive, and you'd love to have that experience on that side. Now, what everybody's going to be yelling at me as I say this is, Corey Trice Jr., Corey Trice Jr., Corey Trice Jr. Okay, great, okay? But you're not going to go into a season with JPJ and a brand new, right off of a major injury, Trice, as your corners. You're just not, no matter what you see in Latrobe. So you'd like to have that veteran. I'm not in on corners early in the draft. How do you feel, Moan? Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think you can find a very serviceable one in, in free agency. Uh, I look at, honestly, what, what 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 Houston's done with Steve Nelson. Remember him in Pittsburgh? Steve Nelson's become a player. I know he's probably not coming back to Pittsburgh, but to your point, DK, Steve Nelson got better and better and better over the years since leaving Pittsburgh. He so sure much did. So that, that your he point sure is, is valid. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm with you on that. I think it's it's okay to have Joey Porter Jr. be your number one dog and how you view him and go get a, I don't know, five-year guy, six-year guy that you see an upside that you scouted in these moments before the draft that you believe can play in your system. 
Yeah, there's uh, I, I'm not going to be much in on, on corners, that's for sure here. Let's see what else we have here. Uh, and Teresa points out that the free agency class this spring for corners is going to be a very good one, which will bring that price down. Yes, there are some corners who do cost some money. There are also some mm-hmm. that don't. You basically have to pick out what you value in that position, what you need from your yeah. defensive scheme. It is not the same. Uh, from team to team here. Uh, Steelers and Salsa says, my cousin is only 13 and already six foot 225. I keep telling his mom to put him in football, but she's a registered nurse and says, no, thank you. Uh, now, go, go ahead. I mean, you're not going to argue with anybody's parenting on wow. this show unless it's abusive, and this certainly isn't. <laughs> so... Hey, I ain't got nothing to tell you other than the fact that he'd be good out there, but make sure they put him in a position specific spot and, and also look at mom and dad. So if he's six foot two twenty-five right now, he might be more of an outside linebacker as opposed to a guard. Now, if dad is about six four and mom is like five eight, then he might be an offensive lineman. He should probably play a start playing football or D tackle or something. Tube dude says if the Steelers draft a center. How are the Steelers going to make sure that we don't get a Kendrick Green situation again? Because these dudes actually play center. I, I thought the majority, is that fair to say, DK? I think these dudes actually play center. And and, and listen to the, like, when we look at what a these. Pick. I'm sorry. <laughs> the whole thing, giving him Marquise's number. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, somebody has to bring it up again. Do it, man. He said just now, Mike Tomlin did at the, at the after the season press conference, he said, we don't anoint anybody. Now, this was in reference to the uh, Mason Rudolph versus Kenny Pickett alleged competition that will take place, yeah. presuming that Mason is signed back. And he and asked about the validity of such a competition. His response was, we don't anoint anybody here. And I'm thinking, there's 53. You know, yeah. it was a classic, classic case of anointing someone just because yeah. you were really hoping he'd be that guy. Hope, hope, hope takes you nowhere, DK. It just gives you a, some, <laughs> something to think about, okay? Uh, because the re- results is, is all that matters, man. Results is all that matters. But the yeah. dudes that I saw, man, from Charles Turner, the third, and um, and and Jackson. Powers Johnson to me signified dudes that are probably capable of playing in the AFC North. Jared says seeing KG take snaps at fullback was peak. Yeah, how much time did we waste on that subject, Moan? Yeah, I know. And who was yelling at everybody to change the subject because it was a waste of everybody's time? You were. And I got accused of all kinds of stuff. You need to listen to your da 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 da. No, I don't. They called you a hater, DK. I was a hater. (laughs) Michael Walker says, hey, Moan, each year the Steelers have a first-round bust, says Michael of the team that drafted T.J. Watt. Who should we stay away from in the first round? First round bus. I don't know. Defensive player of the year, first ballot Hall of Famer. Cam, Pounce, Dave. Hey. I mean, just, yeah. just so you know, too, Mike, this ain't no I shame. Mean, you type of moment. The hit rate on first rounders is about 54%. Is it really? I had to say about that. 54%. DK, yeah. go back and evaluate a draft class in the first round. Is You'll Najee Harris a considered a first round bust by somebody when he has he's the only running back? Look, I've been tough on Najee yeah. and so have you at times, okay? Yeah, absolutely. But he's literally the only running back in the NFL who's had a thousand yards 
running in each of the past three seasons. You can say what you want about him. You can't call him a bust. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready that, to call Kenny Pickett a bust. Yeah, that ain't going to float right there, man. Uh, but but no, the first round bust. The hit rate is about fifty two to fifty four percent on hitting that. And if you look at your team's uh, draft picks in the first, uh, here's the thing: a lot of people think that your 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 team, your fan base, scouting department is one of the best in the world. You heard this down there, DK. I've talked to not just this fan base here, but others that speak highly of Pittsburgh scouting department. Okay, like they they have a standard in how they evaluate when a player get cut from the Steelers. What happens usually, DK? They get picked up really fast. I mean, you say what you want to about Kendrick Dotson, right? About Dotson is this, or Kevin Dotson. Kevin Dotson. Is this. The pedigree, I think, was somewhat there. The teaching and system that he was drafted for in Pittsburgh probably wasn't fit for him. This joker, DK, do you know this about Kevin Dotson? It's going to end up being, if it goes through in this projection, a nice free agent. And don't get visions of, oh, we missed out. No, you didn't miss out. He didn't perform well in Pittsburgh. That's fair to say. He had, he his, went, he had his periods. He had his periods, right? Yes. But not consistent enough to warrant him to stay on the spot on the roster. And he's gone to a place and flourish. So your, your scouting department at Pittsburgh is very much respected. Yeah, Cody Craven brings up Broderick Jones. Is Broderick Jones a bust? I mean, technically, Joey Porter Jr. is a first-rounder. <laughs> Joey a Porter Jr. is a 32nd overall pick. Matt McMillan says, hey, Moan, if you were Arthur Smith and coming into the organization, are you rolling uh, – which, which, who's your quarterback? Uh, you know I'm rolling. I'm rolling with Mason, but here's the thing, too. He's actually called plays in the system uh, in Tennessee, right, um, that had Ryan Tannehill, an all-pro guy. That Ryan Tannehill have his best years here. And whether you look at Tannehill as a manager, a second-tier, third-tier quarterback. Matter. That's the Brock Purdy discussion. It doesn't matter. That's why I do this show with you, DK. They, they go off, man. Uh, it's just it, when you talk about – I think it was, of all people, I think it was Tom Brady who recently said whenever somebody referred to a quarterback as a game manager, his response was, we're all game managers. Well, if Brady says that, and he's the greatest quarterback who ever lived, I don't think that's even up for debate anymore. Uh, the, the discussion's over, yeah. okay? If you can manage the game, that's what you're doing back there. Yes, the throws matter. Yes, the arm strength matters. Yes, the mobility and the strength, uh, you know, sturdiness on your feet matters. But ultimately, you're... You're doing this. You're doing yeah. your 3D chest back there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely right, DK. Absolutely right. I see uh, a couple of folks. Go ahead. We can keep this up, too, real quick. Uh, a couple of folks bringing up uh, Devin Bush being a bust. We're trying to pinpoint where That's the Steelers accurate. have missed. Okay, yeah. here's, here's the thing, too. Devin Bush has been in this league for five years now, too. He may have not done well in Pittsburgh, and he's got ways to go. But if he get 10 years out of this thing, did he meet expectations? No, absolutely not. He didn't meet expectations. But but bus is a different. It's not. It's like the lineman that came out in the eighties, right? Yeah, he was a bus. Yeah, you're talking about Huey Richardson. Yeah, the, yeah. the defensive lineman. Yeah, you you have guys that are just they show up in Latrobe and the coach says, "Get out of here." Yeah, um, yeah, that's yeah. pretty rare. Okay, <laughs> they'll they'll give you a couple of years. Yeah, if absolutely. they invest if they invest a. 
But yeah, Artie was a first round pick, but Artie's still in the league. Did he meet expectations? No, absolutely not, man. No, call it. A, I guess it may be the same thing. I'm gonna stop trying to cover up for him. DK may be the same thing. Okay. Dr. Shadow wants to know, plain and simple, Moan, what are your expectations for next season? Consistency. Run the ball consistency. I'm talking about first quarter to the fourth quarter consistency, and I'm specifically talking about the offense. Because to, to me, until the second late half of the season, that's been one of the biggest problems for the Steelers, right? It's the first half of the season. Who the heck are y'all? Y'all can't even get, you know, three. You, you can't even get six plays in a row. I think Arthur Smith brings that to Pittsburgh. I think that brings he brings that identity to Western PA. All I've heard, and I talked to other people around that have been around and, and have said this: y'all gonna run the ball. You you gonna take deep shots. The play action is gonna be something that will be unpredictable on how you do it. And the weapons that you guys have in Pittsburgh. Oh, that was another thing too. It's just like, can you imagine Arthur Smith with those weapons? Like. The stuff that that we see uh, George Pickens do in the games, there's like he does three times that in practice, and, and imagine putting that on on tape like that, DK. That would be insanely good. Consistency is what I'm uh, what I see coming to Pittsburgh. The only news of the day regarding the football team was that Arthur Smith's hiring was officially announced. For those of you who've been asking. And there's been a lot of that, like, why don't we hear anything about this? Why don't we hear anything about this or hear about a press conference or whatever? I don't know that you're going to have a press conference. It would not be Steelers-like to do that. Yeah. Uh, there's a certain level above which they'll have a press conference, and I don't. OTAs I, probably. Or, yeah. or the uh, combine. They'll it, talk. Could be, it could be the combine. It could be the owners' meetings. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's going to be out at the combine and, you know, Outlets like ours that'll be there will have access to him. But on this statement, uh, there was a quote assigned to Arthur Smith. I'm going to read it to you in its entirety. It's such a unique opportunity to be able to work for an organization like the Pittsburgh Steelers with the history and the culture here and the opportunity to work with Mike Tomlin. To me, it's a perfect cultural fit. Moan, I want to ask you about this <laughs> because when – the Falcons fired Smith. Yeah. None other than Arthur Blank, the owner of the franchise, put into the press release announcing his firing. Uh, he expressed appreciation to Arthur Smith for what he had done for the Falcons' culture. Now, he made clear he was not happy with having three straight seasons of 7 and 10. Right. He also made clear that that's why the firing occurred. I think... Blank's like 81 years old or something. I think he's getting a little tired of waiting, right? <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you don't often see that when yeah. someone is on the way out, you just see parted ways, whatever. You don't even see a quote, much less one that praises the guy for something that's that specific. How much can a coordinator influence culture or discipline or some of the stuff even that Najee Harris was talking about at, the, at season's end? It's, it's that right there, DK. You know, it's, it's under, having your players understand that we have a way of working. Coordinators do set that. There is a standard to where when you command a room and, and the respect, DK, is there also. And you know this guy has a track record. When Todd Haley came in, like that was one of the things where an outsider came to us like the respect that he brought, man, he may have failed as a head coach, but this joker can call plays. 
And that's what it was for him. So he did establish the idea. DK, you remember the announcement, and everybody thought we were crazy, right? I'm going to just throw this number out there. 30. You remember that? He told us we're going to go for 30 a game. He established He told everybody that. that. <laughs> yeah, and, he, he put it in public. He put it out there for the for everybody to see. He said, we're doing – that's what a coach can do for you. When the coach walks out into that team meeting room and said, hey, this is how we're running the game plan, and I don't want no questions asked. That's Bruce Arians. You asking me how can you establish the, the culture? Those are the types of things those types of guys do, DK, whenever they have uh, – when they have confidence in their play calling, confidence in their work, and they're proven too, man. That's what you get. And, of course, Najee wants and expect that type of stuff to be a part of it. These guys in them real crucial points in their careers. Najee, Jalen, Broderick in his second year. Like, there's a lot that goes into this, DK. And, and, and I'll even throw Kenny and Mason in there also. Well, what happens with that, DK? Shout out to Mason, by the way, too. Mm-hmm. By the way, the Mason Rudolph episode of this show. What is it doing? Uh, it it crossed 30,000 views. That's an astonishing figure. Uh, and it, I, I would say that it's a record for this show, but it's like triple the record. <laughs> okay. Whoa. Yeah, and it's still out there. And by the way, if, if you're interested in, in seeing that show in, in smaller bites, uh, the boss over here spent the better part of yesterday chopping it up into – Meteor morsels, yeah, 20 minutes each. So, yeah. it, it, and they're available and they'll be available over the weekend in podcast form as well. So, if you're going to drive on the weekend, no, these people stay on YouTube. They can go and you can do it right here on YouTube as well. Uh, so, thank y'all. <laughs> yeah, t- taking care of some business here. Larry Brown has gifted five memberships, Matt McMillan has just arrived on our shores. Uh, She's seeing she's seeing a lot of six month and seven month stickers no, coming seven. in. I said six. Oh, okay. Well, I see a seven there. You can't because it doesn't exist. I just saw it. Oh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a football that has a little number six in it. If you're with us for that long, here's. Uh, I am. We have a we have a couple sets of gifts there and contributions from Jessica from uh, from Meet It Up. It looks like. Yeah. Rick says, hey, Moan, how do you think Mason would lean given a little bit bigger bag somewhere else? He seems to have the relationships to keep him here. Uh, how Knowing that you have an opportunity, that's where his lean is going to come from. Do, do I have a fair shot? And that may actually come through, Rick, your point, a bag. Okay, if the bag justifies you are taking me as a serious contender to be your franchise starter, then I'll stay. And that goes for the Steelers too, you know. Yeah, I was going to say that that's the part that really has to jump out at you is the best, most potent way to send a message to him that you take him seriously is that you're going to pay him a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how Mitch ended up being the backup, or Mitch ended up being the number two option because Mitch was the one with the contract. You know, yep. Rico Same. says uh, no team is going to pay him and just give him. Number one, I don't think, uh, meaning uh, Mason Rudolph. Best case, they'll pay him and guarantee a good shot at number one, just like the Steelers. But can't the Steelers match any offer that he might get? I think they will, but here's the thing. They'll match that to a point. Uh, that's, that's how they go. You got to think it ain't just him, and the security that they have is, man, we still got Kenny. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the security they got. They don't have to match it. They can try to get close and say, look, you don't have to move. We're going to create a system for you, and you can believe in the offensive coordinator we just hired. And, boy, I'm about to say something that will be really unpopular with a lot of people here, but if you're Mason Rudolph and you're looking for a place where you can contend for the starting job, okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just do a survey, okay? Yeah. Uh, my un- if, if The last time I checked this, and this was shortly after Kenny got hurt and he didn't play again, obviously, he was the 28th best quarterback in the NFL. Okay, in the times in the time spent during which he was the starter, he was the twenty eighth. Well, that means that there are only a handful of spots that you could go theoretically where there'd be a better opportunity. But out of that handful, how many of those are going to go draft a quarterback right now in a couple months? The Steelers won't, no, not in the first round. Not. Okay, mm-hmm. so these other teams that need quarterbacks. You know, that had the 29, 30, 31st, the 32nd best quarterbacks in the league. I'm just saying Pittsburgh might be where you'd want to be in order to be the starter. Not being mean here, okay? No, DK, that, that's that's how we do this show is we got to let we got to call it what the tape says. If it says and the stats suggest that it's not good, they're going to think we're fools doing the show and start not to believe us. If we start telling <laughs> lies, DK, you, you're giving them exactly what's out there. If I was trash, DK, you got to write it as such, right? That's how this how this game goes because we got over 900 in here because this pe- this team these people want their team to win. And and if I've it's bad, this, that's it. I've told this story before, but there was nothing more painful I ever had to type on my screen than in your final year when you struggled. Yeah. I had to do it. I you had to I'm do saying? it or else you're not taking me seriously for all the times that I said Ramon was great or Ramon should have been to the Pro Bowl or whatever. If I'm not calling it like it is, then you then the other stuff didn't mean anything. Jason says, hey, Moan, do you keep do you think that keeping Broderick Jones, ooh, this is a good question, <laughs> at right tackle could hurt him in the long run <clears throat> with the likes of Kevin Dotson doing well at his natural position? I'm going to say this about the natural position, however it goes. Okay, I'm going to say this about Broderick. Broderick needs to go take the left tackle position. If y'all think Broderick deserves to be a left, because I know I know a tackle in Darnell Wright that primarily played left in college and can hit the, uh, the uh, NFL all-rookie team playing right tackle. Okay? Yeah. If, if Broderick wants the left tackle spot. He wants it. He wants he it. Let's better be clear go, on that. Yeah. DK, he, be, he better go do this. Grab it and, and, and squeeze the life out of it. Because that's a heavy position to play. No, I, I'm tired of people thinking he does. Anybody deserves something. You guys are upset, or a lot of people. I ain't gonna say you guys. A lot of people couldn't understand why Joey Porter Jr. wasn't starting early in the season, and I think it's because he had to grow, learn the defense, and not be overexposed. The second half of the season was very beneficial for Joey, Joey Porter Jr. Right, because he had an opportunity to learn and grow into being a pro. If Broderick proves not to be good enough to play left, okay then keep him at right. But if he shows to be the left tackle for this team and he's by far better than Dan Moore, this ain't even me defending Dan Moore at all. But when it comes down to competition and and getting away from this world of football peers that want to see people earn stuff, y'all got to stop telling him he's a left tackle unless he go earn that. Until DK come back in here in training camp, 
because OTAs don't matter as much until DK comes back in here in training camp and say, Moan, he's a left tackle. Yeah. What does and it he, matter? I know. But he wants to be one. He wants and to be one. He, and I'll give him that. that. He has that. Uh, he did have a conversation with the Steelers after the season as he acknowledged about that. Now, nobody said you're going back to left tackle, right. but it, it came up. He continues to view himself as a left tackle. Yeah. Uh, he did, for the most part this season, he took one for the team. That's fair. By going to that right side because you know, Dan Moore couldn't go to that right side. You know what's fascinating, though, too, mm. DK? Mm. Uh, I hope they find or get a guy that's in-house or either in free agency that can play right, too, because where does T.J. Watt mostly uh, rush off of? Mm-hmm. The offensive tackle, the right mm-hmm. tackle. Yes, um, he does. You need both. Okay, you, I don't. This is <laughs> we're no longer in the world where you're hiding the right tackle. Nobody. Uh, so that's the other part of it too. Who's to say they're not gonna go get a first round tackle again that plays left or something? Who knows? Yeah, yeah, boy, that that's a, that's a fun <laughs> subject too. We start getting into drafting at the tackle positions. Uh, how many? How many high it's picks a lot can they invest? I know, I know, I know. Yeah. That's that's one area where you know that it's good. All right, guys. When we come yeah. back, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up for the day. No doubt. All kinds of gifts and contributions and everything else here. More than anything, uh, we're just happy to have you in here on this Rapid Fire Friday. We're happy to have Moan back. I'm happy to be back. And Leveraged has the definitive question out of the Senior Bowl for you to close up our show today. Who are you recruiting, Moan? Who are you going I'm recruiting? Who do you like? To Vondre Sweat. To Vondre Sweat. You hear me? And Charles Turner. Sign me up, man. Wow. I, this I is the offensive both. guy saying he's going to go to the defense. That's because I know what, what the standard I thought is. You were, I thought you might say Powers Johnson. I, I, I do, but I just don't know if he's going to slip enough. There's other centers, too. I thought the strongest set, strongest group was probably the tackles and centers as far as the O-line go. The guards didn't overly impress me. I did see Jackson's Powers Johnson play guard some, and so did Charles Turner, too. Um, but uh, they're better centers, I think, than guards. It's Friday, everybody. It is, man. Hey, y'all know how this thing goes, man. I appreciate all y'all, DK, too, man. Y'all held it down while I was out. Uh, Yeah, there we go, Dolly, with the fireworks. (laughs) Y'all know how it goes going into the weekend, man. (laughs) Dolly is a hoot. Hey, make it back to us on Monday, man. Hey, call somebody you hadn't talked to in a while. Apologize if you have to. Uh, Buy somebody a random drink. Do an act of kindness, man. Have a random conversation. Okay, we're so divided as a country, it feels like at times. Man, I don't care what side they're on political, fan base-wise. Have a random conversation. But at all things, man, make it back to us on Monday as we do this thing, right? Okay? We'll see see everybody on Monday, guys. We'll see everybody on on Monday right after I get my spell check fixed here. (laughs) (laughs) Peace, good people. Bye-bye. Okay.